Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 300 files, links for you to subscribe to the podcast, and a place where you can donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Holly. I'm Holly, compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi everyone. Um, wow, I'm all set here. Um, Martha, thanks for asking me to come. Um, it was a little sudden, but that's a good thing. I switched with one of my sponsees who's gonna who was gonna share tonight. I'm gonna share later in the month, but um, there's no mic there. You know that? Okay, thanks. Um, so. And that's a good thing, you know, because what I'm going to do, talk to you about for this time and for this long time, long time, is uh, I'm going to tell you just what it, what my story is, what it was like, what I was like before program, and what brought me here, and then what my life is like today. Um, I'm sending my pictures around. Ed has them there. He almost left when he saw me, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm I'm really grateful to this program for my life, and I I do use a lot of humor because I think, um, you know, I didn't come to this program to, I, I came to this program to be happy. I never was happy, and I came to this program to be happy, so um, happy, joyous, and free. And that's, and so I find a lot of things very humorous, and I try to keep my myself lighthearted because you know there's enough there's enough in the day that that isn't so you know this program can help me do that um what it was like let's see um i came into program so you kind of got a, a perspective i came into program first in 1993 um and then i i was here for a little while and then i left and i came back in 2002 and really started to work the program but that whole time from um, and you'll see from the book too, the whole time that my whole adult life, I was I was basically somewhere between 240 and 280 pounds. I would I would get up to 280, I'd get really really uncomfortable. That things started to hurt. 240, I thought I was you know all that. I could, I you know and, and I thought and, and I was I was com- well not that I was comfortable, but I I could function just fine. I was a functioning person. I had a job. I had a car. I did a lot of things, um, but you know what? I I have this disease. I would I would go up to 280, and I would get really, really unhappy and really, really um, physically challenged at that point. I diet my I find something, some kind of diet. I diet my way back down to 240, um, and I'd get there and I'd go right back up. And this was 46 years of this. This is what it was. There was only a couple times in my life that I got to the just got to the 200 mark from some diet I was on. I would just get there, and I would literally be there for a day, and I would go right back up. And it was only twice that I got even even to 200. So what I knew was to live my life at 200, let's say 280 pounds. That's what I knew. That's what I knew how to do. Um, I grew up back east, and, you know, I can tell you a couple of the – first memories now isn't that amazing I'm 56 55 years old and I can remember these things like it was yesterday Um, a couple of instances where I knew I was a compulsive overeater Um, 
in my book, there's pictures of when I was, I think the first picture was probably when I was about four. And then there's the, you know, the communion picture. I'm Catholic, so everybody has the communion picture. Um, but uh, when, I was, when I was four, I remember it was before I went to school. I remember um, being at home, and I had fallen asleep on the couch at dinner time. Okay? And we had, I, was, I started out with a normal family. I had an older sister, a mother, and father. I fell asleep on the couch, and what my mother did was she, she um, put my dinner on the table. She dished it up instead of me. Dished up my dinner on the table. And then when I woke up, everybody was done eating, and I, she said, come and sit down and eat. And she had given me more than I usually was comfortable taking. So I ate everything, and I thought, God, this is great. Look at all that I got. And, you know, the ne- very next night, I faked sleeping on the couch. I, I, you know, I laid down like this, and I'm looking because I got more food. I got more food that way, and I vividly remember that. And the other thing, the other instance that I really do remember was this is how I ate. I can tell you this. When I was about, I think I was only about seven or eight, my mother went to pick up my sister. My father was sleeping um, because he worked the night shift. So she went to pick up my sister. I was alone for about 15 minutes. So I decided to have my snack. I started, I, I put two pieces of toast in the toaster. I made toast, okay, for myself. And um, I ate those two pieces, and I'm looking around, and, you know, I put another two in. I thought, this is great. And I put another, and that's how I realized that it, I can have more than my serving. I can have more than a serving, okay? And I, that's how I ate all my life, is that I'd start out regular, and I would just keep going. I would just keep adding and adding and adding. Um, never a great quantity at a time. It was always open each package separately. But that's the kind of eater I was. And it was like that. There was never a time that I wasn't like that. I don't remember any time. Um, You know, high school was a real trying time. I know that everybody that's 100 pounders can imagine that, that has lived through that. Um, Just a lot of kidding and stuff. And um, it didn't feel like kidding, let's say that. But... But I remember one time I was walking down Main Street. I was from a small town back east. I'm walking down Main Street with a friend. And I got, sometimes I had friends and sometimes I didn't. Um, but I got in with, with a couple of cool friends. I'm walking down the street with these cool friends, okay? And her mother had sent us to Dunkin' Donuts for a, a dozen donuts, gave us some money. So we're walking back down the street toward her house. There's, I think there's three of us. And I got, I got the donuts under my arm, okay? So this, this smart, you're not supposed to swear here, right? This smart guy, I left the word out, um, is caught, I see him coming toward us like far away, this guy named Alex, who always kidded me. So I'm walking, I got the donuts under my arm, right? I'm walking, and I just turned white. Like, what can I... I wanted to toss those donuts, like, because I knew it was coming. You know how you know something's coming? I, I didn't know what to do with it. I wanted to give them to my friend, and I sat there, and I walked toward him with those donuts. And, of course, he let me have it, you know, carrying a box of donuts, you, whatever, whatever. And, and that's how my life was. Okay, that's how it was. And, you know, it didn't get any better getting older. It just was like that. You know, I, I learned how to live with that. And I, um, my father owned a diner. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got to college. And then uh, I went back home after college, and I worked for him for 12 years. That was, that was um, 
that's what I did. (laughs) And I did, you know, that's all I did. I really, I worked in his diner. Um, I was very shy, and I was with my family. And that that was my life. It was, it, I couldn't do anything about my, I, I was just in this diner. Can you imagine? I was the cook. So that's just how it was. Um, but when I turned 30, I moved out here. And um, a couple of things prompted me moving. But mostly it's because, like, what am I doing here? What am I doing in Batavia, New York? And there's nothing for me here. I was working at my father's diner, and there was just... There was nothing for me, okay? And I got a fr- an old friend of mine had lived out here, and she said, she came back east and we visited, and she said, you know, do you ever take a vacation? Why don't you come out and see me? She lives in North Hollywood. And I thought, oh, really? So I came out here and visited her for like a week or whatever, and then within nine months I moved here. I don't know, I just, did, I had to do something. I was so stuck. So I moved here, and... Um, didn't help the eating, by the way. I don't think that's the end of the story, because I brought myself with me. So, but it, you know, I got I got to start a new kind of life, and I started a new profession, and and things were okay. Um, I got into a, a relationship, and put me in a different program, and so that's when I first heard about OA. Oh, you guys know I was trying not to stay, but that's how I first heard about OA was through this other program. Um, I didn't know anything about this stuff, believe me, nothing. But, of course, some people were in it. I heard them talking, and I thought, really? And so I started to come to program 1993. Um, well, what I did that time was I was in about two and a half years, and, and you know, I got an abstinence. I, I was just eating all the time, you guys. Um, I had a job that I went to different places. Most of my properties that I went to were in this area. Or over the, they were over the hill from the valley. She sent me over here. And I just I just stopped from... I don't know how I got back to the office by five. Because I just stopped from place to place to place and ate. Drive-throughs, everything. I just had a route, for God's sakes. Um, I, you know, I knew where those places were. And what my mind says is that, oh, I'm going to this building... Tick, tick, tick. I know what's on the way. It's not even a conscious thought. That's an unconscious thought. I knew what was on the way. I knew what was going to go on. So that's how it was. Came in in 1993. um, And for two and a half years, I visited. I came. I can call it drive-by OA. um, (laughs) And I sat. And I didn't talk. I didn't do anything. I sat in meetings. I did some meetings. And I, I got an abstinence, which is this is what was important was uh, three meals a day and no sugar. I thought sugar was my problem, and, it, and you know, it was part of my problem, and I, and I knew I was eating all the time, so when I heard three meals a day, no sugar, that's what I picked. And I stayed abstinent for a while, but, you know, without working the steps, I was just on a diet and um, really didn't get a sponsor. I didn't really do much of anything, no literature for God, you know, I don't know. I just sat. I sat, and I got to know a few of you, and then... I got into a relationship after that, um, a good relationship, and things were going good. And I, it, without working the steps and without working the program, it made it very easy for me to leave. It was like nobody even noticed. I just decreased my meetings till I wasn't going to any anymore, and that's really what happened. Um, and so there was eight years I, I left the program, and um, we opened a catering company out of our house. Okay? That's what happened. 
So um, <laughs> you can imagine what that was like. Out of the house, mind you. So, um, we're, and of course, you can tell that my other addiction is like overworking because I had a full-time job besides. But that's how my life was like. In 2002, um, when I came back to program, <clears throat> there was nothing in particular that happened. Um, I had not been working any kind of a program for a couple of months. Um, my sister, my older sister had come for a visit and it didn't go well type of thing. Um, really didn't go well. I wasn't feeling good. And it, it very quickly declined to, I, I was like, I, I was like flatlining. Okay. Um, I had no feel, I had no feeling. I never, I, I, I can't describe this other than I wasn't having feeling about anything. I was just going to work and coming home, going to work and coming home. And I got into a deep depression and, you know, I, I was getting the comments from my boss. Oh, you can't fit in this room. You can't carry this, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. Just little things all built up. And I just said, you know what? I made a decision to come back to program. Um, and I made a decision that I really needed to do some work. I needed to write, at least get to a four-step if I could. And not that I knew what that looked like, but I needed to do something. I was, I, I was done. I was, I was done. And what I really hope for the newcomers welcome is that when you come in here that you're really out of ideas because I was. I was totally out of ideas. I didn't have any place else to go. I was feeling awful. And I just knew something needed a change. So when I walked in in 2002, I walked in and I sat down and I listened. Um, I heard people, and I just listened. And, you know, the first meeting I walked back into, um, three people, three nice girls greeted me. And I thought, that's really nice. I mean, I felt they made me feel welcome. It was Monday Night Miracles which in the Valley, which is, I'm from the Valley. Um, Monday Night Miracles is my home meeting. So, um, and I sat and I listened. And, you know, I, I, I heard you, finally. <laughs> and I got a sponsor. And I got a sponsor within, a, within about a month. My abstinence date is um, September 28, 2002. That's the first day I called the sponsor. I was in for about a month before I did. Um, it's the first day I called the sponsor. And um, what she did was she started, first I had to tell her my food. I called her at 6 in the morning. I was good to go with all that. That didn't bother me a bit. Uh, she gave me some writing. She listened to me for a little bit, gave me some writing assignments, and it was kind of a structured writing assignment, which I use for my sponsees now. Um, it takes us to the first three steps, and it's really interesting, and it's, I, I just love it. It's a good, it's a good uh, format. Um, she gave me some writing, and I'm writing. I never wrote before. Told her my food. I never told anybody my food. And I told her my, basically, honestly, I mean, yeah, I told her honestly. What I was doing was, especially when I brought my lunch, I was adding to it. You know, and by the time I left the house, I had a lunch. And then by the time it was lunchtime, my lunch was about the size of this, the top of this podium, you know. So I had to tell her in the morning what I was eating. And that was it, you know. And and I stuck to that. And I just did what she said. Um you know, and I started out, again, for the newcomers, I started out three meals a day, no sugar, and it was three big meals a day. It didn't matter. Three big meals a day, no sugar. I could do that. I just had to, you got to be somewhere. you got to have a starting point. It really doesn't matter in the beginning. 
other than trying to let go of your, the foods that you can't stop eating. Basically, that's called your alcoholic foods. It's the ones that if you eat one, you have to keep going. You can't stop. And, or if you eat one, it kind of makes you crazy. Like you can't think about anything else. That's what an alcoholic food is. Um, so the basic thing is to let go of those and make a food plan that works. And that's what I did. It, over time, I started losing a little bit of weight. I'm working the steps. I'm losing a little weight. I'm working the steps. It all worked together. And about two years later, um, I, so I called my sponsor every day. Um, and, you know, I didn't question a lot of stuff, but she put me also, she put me right into service doing, um, actually we're planning it now again, uh, the Valley um, Cafe d'Arbe, which is a big fundraiser. She just said about six months in, she said, I want you to be at this lady's house at seven o'clock because we're going to be on a committee. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what? I showed up. I was out of ideas. I had nothing. So whatever she told me to do, I would do. And you know what? It all went fine, you know? It kept me busy. That's what I needed to be was busy. But I started working the steps. And, you know, when you think about step one, um, whatever I came across during the day, whatever whatever I knew, all I knew was to eat. All, my solution to everything was to eat. I really didn't have any feeling. I just would, something would happen, I would have to eat. I had food hidden all over the place, even at home. Something would happen, I'd have to eat. Eat in the car, eat at the work, it didn't matter. That's what kept me kind of at a level, which this level was not a not feeling level. It wasn't living, it was just not feeling, it was just getting through the day. And like for today, I, I'm not willing to go with that. I'm not, not, I'm not living here to just work in this program to just get through a day. I really want to, I want to live in today, and I want to live with peace and joy. That's what I'm going for. So in this journey of however many years, now I've got now, I've got nine and three quarters years of abstinence. It's still the same abstinence, three meals a day and no sugar. Um, nine and three quarters years of abstinence, and I've been living at a healthy body weight of 140 for, all, for six of those years. It took me a couple of years to lose the weight and to stabilize. I got a little... Um, you know, living at, at living at 280 pounds and then losing that, things happen. <laughs> Weird things happen. And, you know, what I got to do is, um, <laughs> what I got to do is talk to people in program. Because, like, the first time, if you can imagine, um, for a 100-pounder, the first time, the first time I had to go to the store, and, you know, to get an outfit, say I had to go get an outfit. Okay, so I walk into a store. And I didn't shop at Lane Bryant that much because they have weird clothes. I, <laughs> I shopped at Catherine's, and that was a, it was a large woman's size, large size woman's store. So I wouldn't have to think about anything. Okay, I would just go to Catherine's and get whatever I needed. Um, the first time I walked into Catherine's and I had to get clothes for something, and I just, without talking to anybody, don't ever do that. Um, I walked in, and I kind of made a round around the store. And I thought, and I walked right back out. I didn't fit into that store anymore. I was down below the size of that store. So now I'm standing outside going, what do I do now? You know? I, got, I don't know anything. I've never been in a healthy body weight. So you get on the phone with my people. <laughs> I gotta get out with my people. Um, 
And like, and the other, the other weird thing was the first time I went to Hawaii. In my book, it shows that Hawaii was about a year and a half into program. So I was not, I was not to my low weight, but I was a pretty normal weight. Getting a bathing suit. Don't ever do that alone. <laughs> I'm like, what department do I go to? I, it was that bad. And I, you know, I walked out of there, called my sponsor, and I said, I just want to eat bacon and eggs. Oh my God. That's exactly what happened. But I didn't, of course. Um, I did not know how to be a healthy body or a normal body weight. So everything that came along from then on, from, from three years in abstinence on, I had to ask somebody what to do. Okay? I just didn't have any clue. And what I did in the beginning was um, I got, I kind of grew up with a group of people in the valley, which I don't know if everybody came in at once, but we sure did hang together. And it was like, those are my people. You know, those are my close circle uh, of people. Um, And those are the people that I call when I go into a store. Those are the people that I call when something doesn't look right. Or, you know, I need that. I need that. It's called my posse is what I call it. That's my posse. And we travel together like, like, like Connie and Colleen are here today because they just come with me. You know, somebody always comes. So which is which is great. Um, We support each other. Thank you guys for coming, too. Um, so what I want to tell you now, how life is today, that's what brought me in. That's what happened. And that's how I work the steps. So my life today, I'm going to, um, I always look to, especially now I don't always read a part of there's a solution, but that is my favorite, favorite chapter. Um, and just to how my talk is going, I'm going to read just a paragraph because that really is what came into, into thought. And it says here, um, The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. What it says on the side of my book is we've had to have an an internal reorganization, which means change, okay? So if I look at my life, 2002, look at my life, I literally had to change everything. There was nothing that's the same. I had to change everything. Um, for years and years, too, I stayed in the same relationship, same car, same job. But everything was different up here. My whole way of thinking had to change because in, in working the steps, instead of being self-powered, because I didn't tell you this, but when I grew up, my mother was mentally ill, and I had to literally take care of myself. That's a detriment because <laughs> that's what I learned. I knew how to take care of myself without bothering anybody. So I had to change that whole way of thinking to what we do in program, or what I do in program, my higher power is God. Um, and what the steps did for me, now I, what the steps did for me is, is little by little, I got, I grew, uh, it's like I grew a relationship with God that is, me and God are friends now. We're, we're close friends. We're not, it's not, like I grew up Catholic, so... God was good. There was nothing wrong there. I didn't have any weird thoughts, but there was, God's over here on the wall. Okay? There's no personal connection with God. And, and, and I knew I got to where I was. Be, you know, I probably shouldn't have come out like I did, growing up like I did, but I did. I got here when I was 30, and I was a fully functioning person. Um, and I always know that was God taking care of me, but now I have a personal relationship with God. And that comes through working the steps. Um, and how I picture that is, I went through the steps the first time. 
um, with two different sponsors. Okay, there's one one way and one totally different. Um, got through the steps the first time, and I I think now that when someone goes through the steps the first time, or when my sponsees go through, the first time is just kind of learning about ourselves. May not be a lot of change, but it's just I just had to learn about myself. I had to I had to abstain. My abstinence is the most important thing, and by abstaining, I'm kind of clear-headed now. You know, I can I can work the steps. I can realize that um, God controls everything for me, and I call my higher power God. So I'm just going to say God. Um, I grew I grew a relationship with a God that in the morning I can turn all my stuff over to whatever it is, and then I know that God's controlling my day. And I can do that because I'm not overeating. That was what was in the way. That was cutting that connection right off with the overeating. Um, after about, it's about two years ago, or two and a half years ago, I'm going through my program, working the program, being of service, have sponsees, and I changed everything in my, <laughs> changed everything in my life. I broke up my relationship. Um, there was a lot that went on. Okay, and I really was not in a good place. I, I left my relationship. There was another relationship that, that after that I left that involved, like I was really close to some kids that were involved too, and that, that went away. Um, I lost my sponsor. This all happened within months of each other. And my boss gave me, kind of gave me notice. He kind of, and I was shocked at that. I'd worked for this guy for 12 years. And he, he basically came in one day with a letter saying, this is what I'm unhappy with. Do you still want your job? This was out of the blue. So this was about the fourth thing in this string of things that happened. Um, and and I had to sell the house. We had to sell the house. We lived to, had to live together in the house. Then we had to sell the house. And then I had to find another house. All this stuff happened within about a year. Um, and, you know, needless to say, I abstained through it. But, you know, I had that, I had that spiritual connection kind of in place, which is great. Um, every day, I just gave all of this stuff that was happening over to God. But what happened was, my character defects became very clear. This wasn't clear the first time I went through the steps. This was like clear now the third time I'm going through the steps. I got a new sponsor and she took me through some of the parts, some of the parts like from a four step on. Um, that I really got it this time, what a character defect was and what mine are and, and how to pray to have God remove them and so I can live because I was really, really in a bad shape up here. Um, so however, my, however our lives go, however my life goes, as, it, as long as I'm working the steps the whole time, as long as I'm always connected, as long as I, I talk to my sponsor, um, it always says reason things out with someone else. As long as I'm talking, everything is okay. Like you said, thank you. Everything is going to be okay. My sponsors tell me that. Everything is going to be okay. And you know everything was okay. And I got to abstain and I got to um, walk through that without a lot of amends to make. I didn't have a lot of amends to make. I just kept on hanging on to everybody and not... I didn't stray off into a part, you know, into into anger. I didn't stray off into fear, even though I had a lot of fear. But you know, this program helps, teaches me what to do with when I have fear. It teaches me what to do. It gives us tools. So now, when I have fear, I can ask God to remove it. 
Um, and it comes up all the time. And this, this theme with my boss, everything else is pretty calmed down. Um, but this theme with my boss, that keeps coming up. And I have to work on it with my sponsor. Thanks. That's a long time. <laughs> I have to work on it with my sponsor all the time. And, you know, as long as I talk to her, as long as I talk, we get along. It's like she gives me the tools. And I talk to her every morning at 8. So let me tell you now what my life is like absolutely today. Okay, today I stay in today because it's a good day. Um, And I get up really early in the morning and um, because I found that I have to do my reading and writing in the morning and meditating first thing because it it just never gets done if I put it till later. So I get up really early. I read three meditation books that I like. Um... I meditate for 15 minutes. Now, the last two days, I rehearsed my speech. So, <laughs> and, you know, I have to out myself. I have to tell my sponsor, well, I re- all I did, you know, I kept on bringing myself back, bringing myself back. I'm supposed to be meditating, you know, but it <laughs> didn't go well. Um, but, you know, she, she always talks me through this stuff and says, you know, you just got to be in today. Just got to share what your story is today. Um, so I meditate for 15 minutes, and then I do my writing, whatever writing I'm doing. Right now I'm working with my sponsor um, a little bit more intensely on 6 and 7, just because this fear of my job keeps coming up. And when something keeps coming up, that means i got to work on it a little bit more. And that's okay. That just happens. So I'm working on 6 and 7 with her, and I, I do some writing or whatever. I always do a God letter, which nobody hears. Okay, It's, it's like a half sheet of paper. Um, I bless people in my day that I know are, are hurting or they're sick or whatever. I ask God to remove the things that get in the way of my connection with God. Um, you know, there's always some person, place, or thing that bothers me. I put it on the I put it on the God letter and it goes in the box, lid down. Okay, I don't want to open that lid again. I don't want to keep taking those defects out or those situations out. So I put it in the God box. Um, I take sponsee calls. I sponsor um, five, six people, seven people, I think seven people. But I get five calls in the morning. The rest are a little bit different. They call me like, we meet like once a week. But my regular sponsees, are they call me every morning um, with their staff work. Same thing that I do. I can only pass along what I do. We don't reinvent things here. I can only pass along, and if, they, if they're up for that, then that's great. They do the same writing format on their stuff than I did. Um, so I take my calls. They give me their food. We talk a, bit, a little bit, and then I exercise, which is another huge issue for me. I mean, huge gift for me. Um, <laughs> I exercise, and then I go to work. So by work, I've already been up like four hours. <laughs> You know, and then I go to the meeting at night or whatever and um, do a 10-step. I do a 10-step um, on my computer, and I send my food for the next day to my sponsor at night. Um, wow, is that great to do. I really fought that because it, it, I'm tired. By, by 9 o'clock, I'm tired. You should see me at an 8 o'clock meeting. It's kind of funny. Um, my friends sit around me and just elbow me, you know, because I'm, I'm failing by that time. But... Um, I do a 10-step and send my food. My committing my food, it's out of my head for the newcomers. I just I write down what I'm going to eat. Um, I, I use the calorie system because um, my metabolism got really screwed up by 
by being 280 pounds all my life, and now I'm a healthy weight. So I have to kind of watch medication, and I have to watch um, that I don't drop down. So I, I maintain my my weight by counting calories, which is really easy for me. Um, and I just stay to that, give it to my sponsor, and I'm done with it. Um, so that's what I do every day. And I go to three or four meetings a week. Um, I have my, my home meetings, Monday Night Miracles. I have regular meetings. And then when I go, I change it up a little bit when I need to. But um, it, this program is just absolutely amazing. Um, it Again, it has changed my life. It has changed my life in such a way that um, I feel like a completely different person. I feel like I'm, I'm in life. I'm, I'm healthy up here. I'm healthy in here. And I'm healthy in my body, too, which I'm so grateful for. So um, I think that's all I got for today. Are we good? Almost. Okay. Um, I'm going to end there because I'm just rambling after this. So um, I, I, I'm really grateful for everybody here and grateful for my life. Thanks. <laughs> questions? Oh, we got questions time. Yay. You want to ask a question? Cool. Go for it. That's a really good question. Sure. Um, when I find that, that I'm in self-will about something, what is my process to get out of that self-will? You know, it's it's kind of a... Um, to know what's God's will and know, know what's my will is a difficult concept for, for me, um, and I think for a lot of people. But if if there's an issue... Number one, I got to say something. That's number one. I have to talk to my sponsor or somebody in my little group. Um, I have to talk to my sponsor and say, this is, keeps coming up in my head type of thing, no matter what it is. This keeps coming up. Um, and generally, if something's my will and it's not a good thing, I might think it's a good thing, but it's not a good thing, you know, that path is bumpy. It just doesn't go smoothly. Things get in the way. Um, and it... That's if I'm praying, by the way. Um, if things go kind of smoothly, like God increases the desire to do something or God increases, the, uh, clears the path to do something, it'll go quite smoothly. And that's that I kind of know that, okay, this is probably a good thing. It's probably God's will um, that I do whatever it is. But the best thing I do is I talk about it. I, I ask my sponsor because she knows me, you know, and she knows me and she knows um how I operate, and she'll tell me usually if I'm full of it or not, you know. So that, that's what generally I pray. I pray. Thanks. Anybody else? They are so funny. You know, they're back east. Number one, they're back east, okay? So can you imagine? Um, they're mostly overweight. My closer family, my stepmom, my older sister, and my father, and he passed away. But they're they're all 300 pounds, somewhere in there. And um, I lost the weight, and it was quite a shock to get off that plane. It's quite a shock to them, and they just they really stare. They just stare. They're like, <laughs> you know. And every year, because I go back once a year, every year I get off the plane, and they're looking. Okay. Um, my father said. Because uh, my partner used to come with me too, and he said, "I never saw so much salad go through the house, and when you guys are here, <laughs> it's funny." Um, but you know, I I had a pro- I still had a problem with my older sister. 
and I, do, I, I don't know what it is. She's really negative, but I really had to work through that. So everybody else I get along with. So it wasn't any big changes. They know I eat differently, and they try to take care of me, and it's really cute, and it's really a pain in the butt. Um, but she, they keep on buying me fat-free dressing. I'm like, I don't eat fat-free dressing. You know, but they, they're trying to help me. Um, so it's all good. But, I, you know, I had to work through stuff about my older sister. And it's okay. It just, everything's good there. Yeah. But my family around here, they're cool, too. Everything's good. I've been at a healthy weight for long enough and in program long enough where I, this is how people know me now. They don't know, they don't remember the old me, really. Thanks. Well, a lot of things happen, things happen every day that just, but what, what was happening was, uh, um, no, this isn't the answer to that question. Uh, I was going to answer, answer a different question. Um, Sometimes, I'm involved with another 12-step program, and those people don't know me any other way. But when I was in that before, I had a whole group of people that knew me. They, they knew me at 280 pounds, and now I'm kind of back at that program, and they're all, like, staring like my family does. Like, I can't, what? What happened? You know, that, what did you do? But... And I want to say, I want to whip out the old license and say, it's okay, see? I went to OA, you know, but I, I got to just be in today. That's going back. That's being in yesterday. And I have to remember that today is today. I live my life as, at, I've been this way for a long time, um, and I, it's just me today. I have to stay in today because I, I, going back doesn't really serve me. But it's, it comes up. You're right. Is that it? <laughs>